Welcome to Scrolling, a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 71. We'll start off with this 2022 reveal event. So like, I think it was about two weeks ago, Zoss had a streaming event on Twitch where they uh, revealed their plans for this year. So uh, this year-long adventure is called Legacy of the Bretons. So the rumors are true. This is a, a Breton-focused expansion. Yeah, we've said for a while it seems like DC is due, right, for the next expansion. Yeah, totally. It seemed like they had to be yeah. getting one. Everybody like, else has gotten these new expansions, and DC's kind of... Multiples. Been Rothgar, right? Was the last one? Yeah, the first one and the last one. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and that wasn't even uh that was that was free DLC. Yeah, at the that time, wasn't even actually. real. That was the that was the real slash fake expansion. I've heard people say that that was like uh it was at a time when the game was like literally dying, and that was like their last ditch like big push to like get people back into the game, and it was successful actually because it was really good. Yeah, like the savior of the game, right? I've heard that same thing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't around at that time, but uh, that's what people say. Um. So yeah, it it is indeed Breton focus. It's going to be a, a typical release schedule like we get every year. Uh, so it's a it's a Q1 DLC uh, or a, a Q1 dungeon DLC, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. We'll get the Q2 uh, big expansion, uh, another dungeon DLC uh, on Q3, and then Q4 is like a it's uh, it's still part of ESO plus, uh, but I think of it as like a mini expansion, right? It's like a you get a zone and a story and all that stuff. And I think if uh, if they follow their pattern over the last like four or five years, I think we should get a arena with that Q four release. Ooh, that'd be really cool. I, I could I could yeah. go for a new arena. They've never like straight up stated that that's the pattern that they follow, but. We didn't get one last year, and then we got Vatishran the year before that, and then two years before that, we got Black Rose Prison. Let me ask you this. Would you prefer a solo arena or one of the group-type arenas? I think I prefer the group arenas, and again, if if, they're, if they are indeed in a pattern, this would be a group arena. Yeah. You know, like, because Black Rose was group. I don't know if that's a pattern they're falling into or not. It could not be that at all, but... Uh, Just as long as they go away, the... Away from the waiting 15 seconds for the mobs to spawn. <laughs> it seems like they have figured that out, yeah, with Vatishran. I think that's a thing of the past. Man, yeah, like um, Dragon Star Arena is painful in that way, man. Especially if you do it on normal because you just wipe everything out in like two seconds <laughs> yeah. and then you're just waiting around for 15 seconds for things to spawn. Uh, yeah. Um, the zone for the expansion is, uh, again, the rumors were true. It's High Isle. Um, it's like a, how do you pronounce it? Archipelago? Archipelago? Ar- archipelago is Archi- what all, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Archipelago. It's a group of islands. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Last time I said the how to say something, I was way off. So don't trust me. Uh Someone in the chat maybe want to help us out with that. I don't know. <laughs> it's a it's a group of islands. It's far southwest of Daggerfall, far northwest of Somerset. I'm pretty sure on this streaming event was the first time it's ever been shown on a map like outside of Bethesda or whatever. Because uh, I was I was looking for it online and I could not find anything. Um, so that's where it's way way out there in the middle of the ocean. From the trailers and stuff and just kind of some of the imagery that's out there, it seems like it's going to have sort of a Mediterranean kind of 
kind of aesthetic to it, which I think is really cool. I always always like that kind of thing. Um, so we predicted that the the new kind of thing that we're getting with the expansion would be two new companions and a surprise, <laughs> right? Uh, we were totally right. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, two new companions, a Khajiit and a Breton, both are uh, female characters. Um, and also the new surprise is a new deck building card game called Tales of Tribute. Now, it's been two weeks since this uh, announcement was made, and I think it's probably a good thing that that much time has passed because my initial reaction was pretty <laughs> negative. <laughs> uh, and it, like if we had recorded like the day after that, it probably wouldn't have been uh, super positive. But in this kind of amount of time that has passed, I've been reading up on the forums and, and stuff, and it seems like a fair number of people are actually looking forward to this thing. You know, so my own personal disappointment, I think I can just set that aside and if there's a number of people that are into this idea, then how can I argue with that? You know, Davis, I know you've played a bit of Magic the Gathering in your day. Yep. How, how are you feeling about this? I'm, I'm a big Magic the Gathering fan. So so here's the thing. I, I uh, one, I like the idea of the deck building game in in game because it's kind of a nice little one more little thing to to kill time in the game, you know. Mm hmm. Uh, I love collecting things. That's part of what I like about Magic the Gathering is the the collecting with the deck building. So it's the really collectability combined with strategy. Those are both things I'm a big fan of. But here's the thing. My concerns with the Tales of Tribute is that the decks combine yeah, uh, when you play. That. And I don't love I don't love that idea. Because, for one, I think my two things that I said that I like, the collectability as well as the strategy, I think the decks combining take away from both of that. Why do I want to collect things if the other player is going to, you know, be able to use those just as much as I will? And the same thing on the strategy is that I could have this really high-end, really collectible, you know, I got all these collectible cards for my deck and I can go play someone with the original starting deck and the strategy is on an equal footing. I mean, whatever I put in there, they're going to get as much out of that as two. So I don't know if I'm crazy about that idea. Maybe the strategy would just be that you know how to take advantage of those cards yeah. better than they do or something like that. Or, But that is yeah, weird. I, that is a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, yes, you know, if you play a whole lot, you're going to have that over them, but it's weird that it's, regardless of the card, it's kind of like the cards don't really matter. It's just going to be your ability of how familiar you are with the game, which maybe that's what they're going for, but I don't know. It, it It's interesting. It's an interesting idea. Well, I think you're totally right, though, about it. it's just like another like thing to do in the game. Like I've, I've always kind of described this game as a, a theme park and there's lots of different rides you can mm -hmm. go on you know you can you can do quests you can do group pve you can do pvp crafting antiquities companions fashion housing you know and this is just one more you know ride that they're installing in the theme park and uh not every ride's for everyone but uh it's it seems like enough people are looking forward to this thing to to justify it i mean Looking at it this way, you know, it was just the other day we were we were both logged into the game. We were talking, you know, we went in one of our deep dives on on theory crafting and build, and 
we literally were just in the game both hitting the space bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just both down hitting the space bar. So maybe in the future, I'll, I'll force you to play a card game as we were talking build. That builds. is true. It is. And, they, <laughs> and they're really trying to capitalize on this. It, it absolutely is simply a social gathering place a lot of the time. And yeah, you're totally right. There are, there are lots of times that we log in and just don't do anything at all, but stand there and just talk on Discord and just move our characters around so we don't get auto logged <laughs> out, you know, like, and and then log out and go to bed. <laughs> um, man, next year I hope we get a class or a, or a skill line. I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be. We, big. Got, we need. We need to go big. big. We need year. to go big next year, guys. Come on. Next year is the last chance for go big. It's it's time. It's been you know we've been patient. It's gotta yeah. be. It's got to happen. Go big or I'm going to keep playing, but I'll complain about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll uh, still be here, but we're going Cat's going to be wagging his finger. The thing is, it's like, um, I feel like they've been doing such a great job with like uh, balance and that kind of stuff. Like that's what's like keeping me hooked as a, as like someone who really likes to make a bunch of PVP builds and that sort of stuff. Like every mm. single patch for the past year or so things are just getting more and more interesting in that regard. And so it's, that's kind of why I'm able to like, well, this expansion, maybe this card game and the companions aren't really for me, but I'm, I'm still, there, a lot of things are happening in the game. That's, that's keeping me engaged and keeping me excited and enthusiastic and all that. Yeah. It, it could be a very much a carrot on, on a stick situation, but maybe mm-hmm. there's something to this re rearchitecting of the server and better, you know, better foundation for the game maybe it's going to allow them to really make that that massive change yeah another thing of course with every uh chapter i think there's always a trial there there is a trial with this one called dread sail reef so that's another thing people people are into trials they'll be able to do that so that's i think that's about all we know for the kind of the the year's worth of content um but we do have a lot more information about the q1 dlc because uh the pts uh, went up last week. We're actually in week two right now, which, as usual, a- absolutely nothing happened uh, for the week two uh, PTS. But uh, week one, there's some interesting stuff to talk about. So um, this patch is called uh, it's the Ascending Tide DLC, um, and we're not going to read through all the patch notes like usual. We're just going to kind of cherry pick stuff uh, uh, that we think is the most interesting. Mm-hmm. So as usual for a Q1 DLC, this is a two dungeon pack. The dungeons are called Coral. Is that pronounced Irie? A E R I E, Irie, 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 Irie. Pronunciation Cor- episode. Coral A I R E. Man, we're not oh, good man. at reading today, are we? We gotta be better. We gotta... <laughs> so oh, math, math, and reading. We've uh, math we and reading are not our strong subjects. Just you wait, though. Guys, there's, there's other things. We're really good there. at Elder Scrolls Online, though. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a life skill we do have. Airy, um, coral airy. Anyway, airy, yeah, coral airy. Ship. Airy. So that that one's in Somerset. Shipwright's regret is in Rivenspire. Um, you get the usual kind of rewards. You can get a face and body marking, mementos, titles, housing items, that kind of stuff. Uh, and as usual, there's a bunch of new uh, armor sets. Um, there's quite a few armor sets. There's eight total dungeon sets. Three new rewards for the worthy sets are being added as well. Uh, and also three new Imperial City monster sets. 
So that's quite a few. I think we're we're not going to talk about all of them because that would just take quite a while and I think it would just be kind of monotonous. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, each of us are going to pick one of the dungeon sets and one of the PvP sets to talk about. So Davis, why don't you go first? What, what sets do you want to talk about, man? All right. So the first one I want to talk about is Griffin's Reprisal. And this is it's a medium armor set. Um, I think this is this is one of the dungeon sets. Yeah, Cor- Coral Irie Dungeon, I think. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> just, it's called. I just wanted to hear us say it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Griffin's Reprisal. This this is uh, the two through fours critical chance line of critical chance line of offensive penetration and another line of critical chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little concern there that there's no max stats, but that's, that's not a terrible two through four if you can get the max stats elsewhere. Um, but really the exciting part is, is this five piece. Uh, I'll, I'll just read through it here is when you deal critical damage, you or an ally can activate, uh, a synergy, uh, on the enemy for eight seconds, causing a small Griffin to fly by and deal bleed damage, uh, over 10 seconds. Uh, to an enemy within five meters, uh, five meters, uh, 20 second cooldown and it scales with your weapon and spell damage. So first of all, I mean, this is, this is a Davia set, right? You're summoning this Griffin flying by. Yeah. I immediately thought of your, uh, stamina warden bear claw. That's who I'm going to try throwing. This uh, I knew it. Uh, <laughs> you already <laughs> guessed it. Uh, I, I actually kind of like too, that it's, not only the proc is not only something that you can activate, but I think it's kind of cool that it's a synergy that a teammate can activate as well. And I it's a synergy kind of a, that uh, you like activate by targeting an enemy. It's kind of yeah. strange that way. It's kind of kind of cool though. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna. I guess it depends on who's activating it. Is how it's. I wonder how that's gonna work with damage. Is it always my damage or is it whoever's activating? I think it counts as your damage no matter what. All right, well, that's a good thing for me because <laughs> so I've I've tested this thing out in the build editor on on old Bear Claw the Nord my my uh, my Stamden, and uh, I've got this thing I've got this idea for kind of this bleed damage build which is what this does, and I've got this thing up to a thirty it's over thirty k tooltip, um, so I think I think wow. it could be a pretty fun yeah. fun little build I don't know you know we'll see. Uh, the 20 second cooldown is kind of long, but it's, you know, 10 second, uh, dot. So. I think that's a standard, uh, synergy cooldown is always 20 seconds. It's the 20 seconds. Okay. Uh, so, you know, 10 second dot, you know, potential for 50% uptime. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to at least try it out and I'll, I'll end up using it and we'll, we'll see how it works out. But, uh. Um, yeah. I'm pairing this with the with that bleed damage uh, set, uh, blood drinker. I think's the set. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, wardens have a so, lot of bleed damage. Yeah, and wardens have a lot of uh, class abilities with bleed damage. So I think it could. I think it could be pretty cool. Cool, man. Nice. Yeah, that seems, that, that absolutely is a Davius set, hundred <laughs> percent. As soon as I, I mean, saw and it. this thing, this thing has potential just to look really cool, right? I thought about. This being one of my picks to talk about, and I was like, no, no. This is obviously one Davius is gonna pick. <laughs> Davius will have this one covered. Uh yeah, I wanna see I wanna see this cool griffin fly by. Uh let's uh, I hope it I hope they I hope it has a cool animation for it for sure. Mm-hmm. The second one I wanna talk about is Baron Thursk. Okay. Uh this is uh this is one of the Imperial City monster sets. Um and really 
I, I'm just going to read through this two piece. I'll, I'll break it down after I read through it. Cause it's, it's a lot going on here. Uh, on dealing area, direct damage, mark a target for six seconds. Uh, every two seconds, an explosive scamp is spawned. Uh, and then after one second detonates dealing magic damage up to six enemies within four meters, uh, applying minor timidity, 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 timidity. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> timidity. I'm going to have to bleep that out, Davius. Tim- <laughs> <laughs> uh, timidity. T- timidity. Uh, tim- <laughs> minor timidity. <laughs> Uh, we are struggling with words today, Dude, man. Oh, struggling, man. We're, we're having a tough time. Uh, for 10 seconds, drains one ultimate every 1.5 seconds. Uh, each explosive scamp spawn deals 100% increased damage. 25-second uh, cooldown. Scales with weapon and spell damage. So, good lord. All this, all the stuff I just read there. I mean, oh, so, so much stuff. Every going two on. seconds, a new scamp spawns for six seconds. So you can have, I guess, up to three at a time. Yeah. So, so essentially, I, ideally, you're going to summon three scamps over the six seconds. After one second, each one's going to have a chance to explode, and it can hit up to six people, but it's only within four meters. So I think it's important to note. Very rarely are you going to hit six people within four meters. So that six people max is probably a little misleading. With four meters, you're probably not going to hit six people. But after one second, they're going to explode. Um, they're going to be draining ultimate, which is pretty cool. I feel like that's kind of a of a neat, kind of a neat debuff to throw on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> just kind of thrown in there at the end. Oh, by the way, they deal a hundred percent increased damage. <laughs> Like, I don't know why that's thrown in, but uh, I guess it's when when they explode, it's 100% increased damage based on the tooltip. I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird line for me. That's going to be... That's going to be a lot of AoE because it's, yeah. it's within a four meter radius, but there's three of them. You yeah. Know? So and there's they, three circles I, going I, on there. I don't know if they can move. I don't, you know, there's a lot going on here. There's I got a lot of questions. That's marks. a wacky set. Oh, yeah. Uh, another very Davius set here. So are both uh, of those going on Bear Claw? <laughs> I don't know if I'll use the Baron Thirsk. Uh, we'll see. Ah, uh, you, you gotta know, try I, it. I maybe throw it on there just to try it, just to see what this thing looks like. We gotta you see know, those scamps uh, running around, dude. <laughs> gotta see, gotta see these <laughs> things running around. You know, 25 second cooldown, pretty long cooldown, six second ability. So, you know, every 19 seconds, it's pretty long cooldown, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, 100% increased damage. You know, if you have the right tooltip, this this might end up dealing quite a quite a bit of damage. Plus, once again, just like the last one, probably going to have a pretty cool animation. So that's that's the other set I'm excited to to see in action for sure. Okay, my picks are um, for my dungeon set that I want to talk about is um, Nazare. It's uh, one of the monster sets from Shipwrights Regret. Um, gives you a line of max health, and then the two-piece, when you use an ultimate ability, the closest six enemies within 12 meters have all damage over time, major debuffs, and minor debuffs applied to them, extended by one second per 25 ultimate spent. Um, Doesn't apply to beams or tethers, so everything else, though. Uh, And it has a 20-second cooldown per target. That cooldown per target is pretty nice. So my first thought for this thing... Yeah, uh, my first thought for this thing was um, like for a really, really organized 
trial group. I think it would be hard to organize around it, but if if a group can pull it off, I mean, so if you pop a warhorn, that's 250 ultimate, which would mean uh, 10 seconds. This uh, this monster set would apply an additional 10 seconds to all dots that are on the boss. So in a trial group, you have eight DPS. They They probably all have three or four dots each applied to the boss. So all of those dots are getting extended by 10 seconds, which means they can just keep spamming their spammables and their burst attacks continuously for that entire time without having to refresh those dots or anything. Um, so I just feel like that's just going to be a major, major, major increase to the overall group's DPS uh, if they can if they can all organize around it. I could I could see this being a little too strong from a PVE standpoint. From a PVE, it, it seems insanely strong for PVE. Um, so that seems like the best application for it. Um, and then the PvP set I want to talk about is Enervating Aura. It's one of the uh, new rewards for the Worthy set. It's a, it's a heavy set. And, and this seems like it could be a good one for my macro despair. Uh, this, that's the first thing I thought of. It's a, it's a seems like a really strong debuff set. So um, the two through four piece, you get a line of um, healing, 4% healing taken, a line of max health, a line of armor. So very tanking focused. Oh, yeah. And it's a heavy set, too. So Yep. Um, and then when you deal direct damage, you have a 10% chance to create an area under the target that detonates after one second, applying enervating aura for 10 seconds. Uh, and what that does is it lowers the health, magicka, and stamina recovery of enemy players by 129 per player hit and has a 15 second cooldown. Um, that could potentially be very strong. Like uh, if you're in a battleground, like if you hit four players with that, that would be a total of 516 recovery that you're taking away from from that entire team. And I assume it works like other debuffs. That's probably pre-buffed recovery. So if you count their um, their potion that they're using, their armor passives, and like assume they have minor endurance as well, like if it's a stamina build. That would actually scale up to 851 recovery that you would actually be taking away from them in reality. Now we're talking about dis- despair. Sets. Yeah, like so, <laughs> like you're just like totally crippling them, you know. Like, and that's just hitting four players. You could hit more than that, you know. And even two players, uh, you would be taking 425 recovery away from them, which is still quite. A, that's their entire Mundus Stone or more, more than their Mundus Stone. Yeah, that's that. That would really. Oof, that could mess a team up, and a, and a good like real like team brawl, you could just sap everything away from a team. Yeah, that along with Ken Marcher having two major debuffs on all of them at the same time, I just feel like they're just going to feel like they can't do anything. That's going to be really really strong, I think, and under the under the right conditions. But I think even it's going to be pretty easy to find those conditions. Even two targets seems like it would be worth it. So that's all the sets we're going to talk about. Uh, check out those patch notes if you if you want to see the rest. I think those are the most interesting ones, but there's some other pretty cool ones. Another thing we're getting with this update is account-wide achievements. This is something that's been asked for for a long time. Davius, what do you think about account-wide achievements? I'm actually really excited about this. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm not going to feel so guilty when I'm doing new zones with non-Davius characters. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like... I already like I regret not doing like I did I did the elsewhere chapter with uh mm-hmm. with my Khajiit character instead of my main PvE dude and now I, I really wish I had done that with him and I keep meaning to go back and do it with that character but I'm like well I've already done it though you know so 
I'll be I'll be very glad for that. Yeah, it's it's just kind of nice to to be able to hop on one of my other characters and and I think that that that's a perfect example of what you just said. You know, elsewhere came out, you kind of wanted to do it with your Khajiit character, mm-hmm. but you were torn because that's not your character with all your achievements and all of your quests and abilities. And yeah. so now you'll be able to do it with you know, um, you know, I I don't have a Breton, but. You know, you <laughs> right. you will feel free to do this new zone with a Breton and and you know kind of feel cool with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be the Nord, you know. Sure, sure. Invading those territories, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Nord imperialism. There you go. Um, yeah, so it's going to be. They say most achievements. There's some stuff that's going to be left out. Um, lore books, sky shards, and a couple of other things are not going to be included in that, but uh, most everything else will be. You will need to log in with each character at least once to like register their achievements. But then from that point forward, they'll they'll be synced up. Um, so that's a, another kind of small quality of life thing that I, I see most people are feeling pretty positive about that. Um, Another thing being offered uh, in the Crown Store this next update is uh, a deconstruction assistant. A new assistant, kind of like a merchant or a banker or whatever, but they will deconstruct whatever gear you find while you're out and about and and give you the mats for it. Um, That's pretty cool. I I doubt I get one myself, but it does seem like a a, a cool option to have. Yeah, I think it's a good... I mean, I keep saying I'm going to buy these assistants, but man, they're... They're always so expensive, yeah. They're a little pricey. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a really great one. I mean, how many times are you out and about and you just sell off gear because you need more inventory space that you wish you would deconstruct, but yeah. you don't want to go back to town to do it. So yeah, so yeah, you'll, it'll be in the crown store uh, and you'll be able to summon it anywhere outside of PVP zones. So kind of like how the merchants and, and bakers work. So now we're going to get into the juicy stuff. This is, we've been kind of just kind of speeding through everything just to just to get to this part. Just to get to the good stuff. Combat and ability changes. So this is the skill hybridization patch. That's the, the kind of big thing that's happening this uh, this update. Uh, we've steadily been marching our way towards this hybridization meta, and this is going to be the you know the next step in that endeavor. And I wonder if it's the final step or if they have more plans. It seems like it's hard to imagine how how much further we could go than this. But yeah. uh, seems very close to the line, right? Yeah, uh, like it seems like they are wanting to maintain some sort of separation between magicka builds and stamina builds. Like they are still distinguishable as far as I can tell, um, but they are they are bringing them closer together. So anyway, what's happening is all abilities that scale with offensive stats are now going to scale with your highest offensive stats. So it's basically going to be the full on wild west anything goes just put anything on any build and it's all it's all probably going to work uh the the main thing the main limiting factor is going to be sustain right that's that's going to be the big thing is uh, yeah. if you're if you're specced as a stamina build it's going to be hard to sustain a bunch of magic abilities and vice versa and we are still very much incentivized to min max right the way damage is still going to scale off of your highest offensive stats so you're still going to want to go all in on stamina or all in on magicka you're not going to want to split them up so that's not changing um i think for that reason sustain is going to have to be like a consideration whether or not you're going to be able to use um this this off stat ability yeah sustain's actually kind of becoming more important yeah, yeah, it really is. It's, it's something that you're going to have to think about, especially in PvP builds, I think. Um, 
Also, player abilities that grant uh, major savagery, uh, major prophecy, major brutality, or major sorcery um, will now grant both versions of those types of buffs. So, for example, Rally is going to give you both your stamina and magicka-based uh, damage buff. Uh, Camo Hunter is going to give you uh, spell and weapon critical. Mage Light will give you spell and weapon critical. So every ability that gives you a major damage buff or a major crit buff is going to give you both of those. Um, they say long term they're planning to combine those into like one single named buff, kind of like how they've done with, I think, Major Resolve, the armor buff. They used to be two separate buffs. It's interesting. Well, I'll let you get to this next part first, but it's it's this next part kind of makes it interesting that they're combining one of it, but not combining the other part. Yeah. Um so the minor versions of those buffs uh, are not getting the same treatment. Uh, and they say that they're they're doing that because they want to preserve class-unique power contributions to optimize groups. And I actually think that's a good thing. What, what, what are you thinking about that, Devious? I, I do think it's a good thing, but it's going to be interesting because essentially, if if I'm understanding correctly, when they combine it, it's going to have to have a new name. So the major version of a buff is going to have a different name than the minor version of the buff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that will be interesting. But I do I do like that they're kind of keeping that separate because now it's like that incentivizes groups to basically include every class in the group. So every single buff yeah. is, is present. So I, I like that. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about this like hybridization thing? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Are we going too far? Where are you at on this hybrid stuff? So so here we go. I, I got it. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh <laughs> But and and kind of similar to what you said about the 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 card game, I'm I'm glad this didn't that we kind of had some time to think this out mm. because my initial reaction to this was kind of a little bit negative. Uh, but the longer and more time has gone by, and the more I've really kind of had to to dive into it and think it out, uh, I actually have come around, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited about this. I think. Uh, you know, after weighing kind of the good and bad, I think this is going to be a good thing. I think, in my opinion, I think where initially I was worried about this, um, you know, I think I thought it was going to be bad because I thought uh, players like you and me that have stamina characters and magicka characters, I thought they were going to kind of merge into this one thing. And it was not really going to, it was going to kind of make it worthless for us to have these separate characters. Uh, but the more time that's gone by, I actually have come around to, I think it's going to allow for more customization. Uh, and kind of the reason for that is that uh, players are, you know, they're really going to be able to hone in on specific customization of what they want a character to do. Um, so kind of kind of an example of that is that, you know, I've got I've got three Stamplars or three Templars, mm-hmm. two of Magplar, one Stamplar. Davius is a Magpilar that he does all heals, doesn't do damage. You know, he uses Vigor because he has the powerful assault uh, set up on him. So now his Vigor is actually going to be stronger. So his heals are actually getting a pretty huge buff because I throw that ability out there quite a bit. Yeah. You know, um, I also have Need for Mead, which is a Stamplar. You know, he's really speedy, but he's a bit of a brawler. And so now I have the option to swap to the Magicka Jab. So... And, and still get the same damage. And so he actually has a chance to get maybe more heals. And then my last Templar is a, is a Magplar, you know, Bard of Sovereign Guard. And kind of the same thing, you know, he, we've talked, I talked about him on the last episode. He's kind of being this Guarplar. He's kind of a hybrid healer damage. And he has the ability to 
you know, now switch to the stamina jabs, which we'll talk about that later, but that's going to give a damage buff now. And so now I can drop degeneration and find a new, uh, a new ability uh, for the bar. And so it kind of frees up uh, an ability bar slot. So really kind of what I'm saying there is that where I was worried that it was going to meld all these characters into one, I think that provides a good example of how it really lets me go further into what the idea of the build is for that character and get closer to what I want that character to do. Yeah, I've seen that as a common concern that a lot of people are saying is uh, maybe this won't result in build diversity. Maybe this will actually result in homogenization and there, there will no longer be a Stam Sork and a Mag Sork. There'll just be a Sork that has the best of both worlds, and that's just how you make a Sork, you know? And I think I, I can totally see that happening in in those, like, really highly optimi- optimized raid groups uh, where, like, everything has to be perfect, uh, and I could see kind of homogenization happening uh, in that sort of scenario. Um that's really the only place I see it being an issue, though. Like uh, everywhere else, I think basically everyone is is getting more freedom. And in those kind of groups, it's already kind of that way, right? There's already like a very set meta, yeah. and anything that deviates from that uh, is, is suboptimal. Um, mm-hmm. But I think like the kind of PVE groups that I that I go with, like they're not that optimized. It's just like if, like if we're going to do a vet trial, you basically just need to be able to perform over a certain threshold and as long as you can get there then just bring whatever build you got and and let's go and and we'll get through it um i think for those kinds of groups there's going to be a lot more allowance for creativity uh in your builds while still reaching that level of viability that the group needs um so the highly optimized groups yeah maybe we'll see some some homogenization there but i think everybody else is kind of getting freed up to explore that creativity and uh, and see what they can make happen. PvP, uh, especially, I think PvP, we're we're about to see, like I said earlier, the Wild West. We're going to start seeing some weird builds. <laughs> yeah. People in PvP, they just like being creative. They like seeing what kind of weird builds they can make work and stuff. Yeah. So you're going to see people trying all kinds of crazy stuff. I think the main concern in PvP is this could potentially be a balancing nightmare. Yeah, I could. I mean, the the scary thing in PvP is it's it's Stam Sorks. Or sorks, whatever you want to call them now. I don't <laughs> stay at mag sorks. I don't know what they're called now, but sorks, and then kind of everyone else. Like, uh, there's some cons. I have some concerns with with where sorks are are going to to sit. They're gonna they're taking back their throne a little bit. Yeah. Uh, stam sorks specifically, and uh, we're 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 just gonna we're gonna have to watch and see see how this goes down. I think that's kind of the most of the concern is it's like specifically the options that are being given to stamina builds now, like all of these skills that have really kind of been out of their reach are now just kind of being dumped in their lap. And it's like, have fun, boys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and I feel like stamina specs weren't necessarily balanced with, you know, having those abilities uh, in their hands. So I wonder if in the coming weeks of PTS, we're going to see some adjustments around that. You're totally right about Stam Sorks. Uh, I, I plan on going on a bit of a of a rave about Stam Sorks in this episode. <laughs> um, they're getting, I think, probably more than anyone. Um, specifically, I think most Stam Sorks, myself included, are looking at Haunting Curse and Endless Fury. Uh, those being options to put on their bar. Those are 
bread and butter magsork abilities. Think of all the times you've been killed by haunting curse and endless fury. Those were coming from a magsork that maybe had forty five hundred spell damage. Yeah. Now they're going to be coming from a stamsork who has seven thousand or more weapon damage. Yeah. <laughs> so get ready for that. <laughs> if you've got a sork on your team, just get ready to never have a kill again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And man, I have a killer stamsork build that I'm going to get into later that I've just been like, like losing sleep at night because I can't stop thinking about how awesome the build is. <laughs> Um, so we'll get into that later, but Stamsworks are just looking so, so, so good this next patch. Um, other stamina specs that are getting some good stuff, stamina necromancers with the intensive mender. So the intensive mender on my magcro with 3,300 spell damage already has an 11k tooltip. So think about yeah. a Stamcrow with six, 7,000 weapon damage, how much that's going to be. Like, I'm imagining like, what, like, what if, uh, you come across a battlegrounds group that's Four stamina necromancers with the intensive mender, all all running the intensive mender, and they're otherwise are just completely <laughs> offensively specced. Uh, good luck with that group. Like, how are you going to focus anybody? You know, is anytime you try to focus someone, you're, they're just going to have four intensive menders just <laughs> spamming breath of life on them over and over again. You know, like no one's going to die. I can. I'm excited for that one with my stam crow to get a to get a really strong group heal. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Nice. I it's think it's gonna be nice. I think that adds a lot of value to stam crows and groups. Like if you have a a dedicated healer, a stam crow brawler with the intensive mender, that's your that's your off heals right there. Like just go all offense yep. beyond beyond that. I would say in that group. Um. Stam DKs, uh, I think a lot of Stam DKs are looking forward forward to uh, coagulating blood, the the class burst heal. Um, it's a it's a lot stronger and it's a lower cost than green dragon blood, and uh, a lot of Stam uh, Stam DKs are already used to using that ability, so it's a no brainer just to just hop over to coagulating blood. It costs less. It's a much stronger heal, um, and some yeah. some Stam DKs actually already do use it, so it's just going to be way way stronger. I think also Dragon Knights in general are going to have a, just because of the weirdness of how their classes is, is designed, I think they're going to have a lot of neat options that they'll get to explore mm-hmm. there. I'm not a Stam DK main, but I think some people are probably going to be creative with that. Um, Nightblades, uh, Stamina Nightblades are probably going to be switching to Merciless Resolve instead of Relentless Focus. That's their uh, their main class burst attack. Um, Merciless is the Magicka morph, and when you're looking at the two different morphs in it, you know that green text that tells you what the difference is? Uh, for the Magicka morph, it just straight up says, does more damage. <laughs> so if you're a Stamblade looking at these abilities and you're trying to decide what to pick, you know, just pick the one that does more damage, dummy. You know, like, <laughs> there's nothing to think about there. No, no uh, need to put more thought in that. Yeah. Um, also, Impale, the class Execute, it has a Stamina Morph as well, but the Stamina Morph is melee only, whereas the Magicka Morph is full 28 meter long range. So I was thinking that could be an interesting option um, for like a bow blade, you know, if they wanted a long range Execute with Mer- and mm-hmm. while using Mer- Merciless Resolve as well, that could be really, really cool. I actually got that idea from uh, from CPU Scientist, shout out CPU Scientist. Um, stamina Wardens, I feel like, aren't getting a ton just because... The class is already pretty hybridized anyway. Like all the magicka or all the good abilities have stamina morphs already, and there's not really a strong reason to switch to the magicka morphs. Yeah. So I think the main thing they're getting is just the option to use a lot of those really great healing abilities. So maybe my stamina healer uh, will finally be a, a viable thing. 
Stamina Templars, I don't think they're getting a ton either, because kind of the same thing. Their best abilities already have good stamina morphs. Uh, the main thing is just Breath of Life. You know, they have the option to slot Breath of Life, and I've been toying around with that already just to kind of get a feel for it. And I, I think I'm actually going to end up fitting that on my bar and, and keeping it on there on my Stamina Templar. It seems pretty good. I'm I'm excited with the potential, and you know, I kind of already mentioned this earlier, but I'm excited with the potential of of having the healing jabs on my Stamplar. I got to mm-hmm. make the sustain work, but yeah, that'll be the challenge. Uh, if I can make that sustain work, then I think that could be pretty cool. A uh, quick note about Templars, though, their main burst attack, Power of the Light and Purifying Light, um, those are excluded for some reason from this whole hybridization thing. So f- for whatever reason, those specific abilities still will yeah, only know. scale with their respective magicka or stamina. No other burst attack in the game it, they've made that exception for. <laughs> I don't understand that, um, but whatever. Uh, and on a related note, also damage shields are not hybridized. They will only scale with um, with your uh, magic, your max magicka, and I don't know if spell damage is in there or not. But it won't scale with stamina stuff at all. Now that one I do understand. <laughs> magicka builds are getting. I mean, they they are getting the option to use these stamina abilities, uh, and and they'll fully scale with their their magicka stats in PvP at least. I don't see a ton of Magicka specs opting to do that. Just at least for me and my Magicka builds, I don't like to spend more stamina than I have to. Uh, I like I like to reserve that for you know defensive purposes. Um, yeah. In um, in PVE, I can absolutely see uh, like basically both stamina and Magicka specs mixing and matching because it's only going to help their uh, sustain, right? Like if only half your abilities cost your primary resource then you know you can basically cut your sustain in half and and still be effective um so that's something to consider there but in pvp i feel like magicka builds are mostly going to stick to magicka abilities uh uh grizzly's asking uh caltrops would magicka builds use caltrops i mean i i certainly could see it happening uh for sure i th- i mean i think we probably will see all kinds of weird stuff but i think yeah it really seems to be stamina specs they're getting the 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 big portion of the benefits here i think magicka builds i think we can probably expect to see quite a few magicka specs uh using rally to get their damage buff uh, mm-hmm. uh and minor ex- uh, minor endurance would be nice too um i bet we'll see a lot of um, mag dk's in particular use executioner or spin to win that's something that mag dk's yeah. have always like really struggle with is that they can lay in a lot of damage they can apply a ton of pressure but getting that execute is always like they always get stolen. <laughs> I just I think it goes back to just I think it's really cool that you know if you have a character and there's that really cool ability that you just or that really cool morph that you just wish you could use on your character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Most likely you'll be able to fit that on your bar now. Yeah, you can figure it. You can figure it out somehow. Um, I bet uh, a number of uh, magic builds, especially healers, will use vigor, especially the AOE vigor like you use on your uh, your magplar yep. healer. Um, you know, use that and region. That's just two really strong hots that you have on everybody around you. Uh, and vigor isn't super expensive either. Either it'll be pretty easy to to keep that going. So there are some options there, but I, again, I think ma- uh, stamina specs are are mostly going to be getting the benefit here. Um, and does that terminology still apply? I think is something worth talking about. Like, do we call them stamina builds or magicka builds, or is it just a sorcerer? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I don't know. I I agree with that. I don't know if we're 
still going to have, you know, stamina characters and Magicka characters. It's going to be more of, like you just said, you know, this is a Templar, this is a Sork, this is... Yeah, so in my mind, there still is a distinction. Like like I was saying earlier, earlier you are still going to need to dump all your points into stamina or Magicka. Um, and there, there come inherent kind of advantages and disadvantages whichever way you go so in my mind it's it's still helpful for those that terminology to stick around um but i think like when you look at your death recap or when you just look at someone playing on their character it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to just to distinguish <laughs> which it is you know like it's it's going to come down to your character whatever your highest sustain is that's what your character is yeah yeah basically but it, it all gets fuzzy now because you know, say you want to make a build that you straight up call a hybrid. Like, this is my hybrid build. Well, probably what you're going to do is make a stamina build and figure out a way to sustain a bunch of Magicka abilities. And that's the best way to make a hybrid. You know, so yeah. do you call that a hybrid or do you call that a stamina build? Um, there's a few class changes as well. We'll skip most of it. We're just kind of picking out the juicy stuff once again. Um, this one I think is really good, though, for Dragon Knights. The Burning Embers ability, that's the the claw uh, dot that they put on people. So um, the way it works right now is you put that dot on someone and then when the effect ends or when you reapply it, it uh, it heals for 75% of the total damage done. Like right then, it's like a big burst heal uh, when, when the effect ends. They're changing it so that now it deals or now it heals for 100% of the damage done every time it deals damage. So every dot tick you're getting 100% damage done as a heal returned back to you. I think it's a very, very good change. That's kind of the DK way, right? Is that they're they're dealing damage to you as they're healing themselves back up. They're 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 trying to win that battle of attrition. Yeah, totally, and it, it helps them stay offensive a little bit better. And it, you know, like if you're trying to like wait on that burst window, you may not make it there. It's kind of the way it is right now. It's kind of hard to really count on that heal and benefit it benefit from it when you really need it uh this way it's kind of works more like a like a magplar's jabs you know it's like a little bit yeah. of extra healing to just help you keep that top, that health bar topped up a little bit while you're while you're in the fray of things i think that's a very good thing mm-hmm. necromancer mostly just got a bunch of fixes but one very significant fix is the restoring tether that's the the healing tether Fixed an issue where this ability was considered single target instead of AOE. This thing's been driving me crazy for two, probably two years now. Uh, they've made this change for you. Yeah, they heard me complaining about it, I guess. Uh, so my, my Necromancer healer, I use um, the Healing Mage set, which procs from AOE heals. And this ability should proc it, but it doesn't. So I assume this will solve that problem. Because uh, Healing Mage, I think, only has a five-second duration. So... I'd like to be able to like proc it with one ability and then like later in my rotation proc it with another ability so it stays active, but I'm not overcasting abilities. Uh, so that should fix that problem for me. Um, besides that, it's just a bunch of other random fixes. Nightblade really didn't get much in terms of adjustments, uh, but they are benefiting quite a bit from the hybridization stuff, so just keep that in mind. Shout out to un- Uncle Sam, uh, Rip. Rip your one-shot stamp sort build. <laughs> That's a rough shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout-out Uncle Sam, and sorry, your build is dead. <laughs> uh, they killed your build, buddy. Sorry. Uh, Crystal Weapon, the stamp sort uh, class spammable. 
Um, you know how that one works where you, you charge it up and then your next light attack actually delivers the damage. And uh, what Sam does on his sort of hybrid sork is he'll charge that up and he'll also charge up the, the crushing weapon ability from the Sigic Order, which basically works the exact same way. So you charge them both up, deliver one single light attack that delivers them both, and it's a ton of burst damage all at once. Well, they've now made that impossible. So now uh, Crystal Weapon, the Sork ability, will replace uh, Crushing Weapon uh, after casting. So only only one of them is going to get delivered when you when you do that light attack. Uh, and they say that's to help to reduce the amount of burst potential that it can offer. So it was fun while it lasted. Cool build. Another thing for Sork is uh, Lightning Form, their, their uh, class armor buff, uh, the base ability now lasts 20 seconds, which means uh, the stamina Hurricane Morph also lasts 20 seconds, which is something I've been complaining about forever, only lasting 15 seconds. It feels like it's <laughs> like I'm always having to recast that thing. 20 seconds is much uh, more reasonable. I'm, I'm laughing because we just had the conversation where this really is something that like I remember from when I first started playing this game. You first talked me into playing this game. I remember you complaining about this. And it's finally happened. They made the adjustment. And now you're actually kind of upset about it. <laughs> yeah, not upset, but it's just kind of annoying because I actually am very happy about this change. That's, not, that's great. It's been needing to happen for a long time, except the particular build that I'm using right now, it would actually be a lot more convenient if it was still 15 seconds. So I'm using a set that, that has a 15 second duration so proc. And it just lines up with it perfect. It's procced by this ability, and they both last 15 seconds, and it's just too perfect. But um, no big deal. I'll I'll take the 20 seconds. That's fine. We'll be we'll be fine. That's uh, good. It's good stuff. Templar. Uh, this is something I'm very much looking forward to on my stamina Templar, old Betsy. The piercing javelin, that javelin that stuns people, is no longer blockable. And that's the base abilities. Both the, both the Magicka and Stamina Morphs, not blockable. Yeah. Um, I can't tell. I've been playing a fair amount with my Stamplar here lately. I can't tell you the number of kills that I've missed out on because I'm up against a Perma Blocker and I just can't break their block. I cannot stun them. Uh, and without stunning them, I can't put enough damage into them to take them out. If I just had an unblockable stun of some kind, I could do it. Um, so th this is going to be the solution to that. I already used the, the javelin on that ability. That, that is my stun. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be unblockable now. You know, my first reaction was like, oh, I don't know about an unblockable stun, but you think about it. Dragon Knights have fossilized. That's unblockable. Nightblades have aspect of terror. Unblockable. Sorks have streak. Unblockable. Uh, necromancers have the remote totem. Werewolves have fear. It's all, basically everyone has an unblockable stun. <laughs> Um, for the Templar. So we get one now too, and it's just a single target one. So really, compared to Streak, it's like nothing. Yeah. Grizzly, I don't know if this is the jabs buff you were talking about earlier, but to me it's a nerf. Uh, biting jabs got changed. Uh, it now grants major brutality and sorcery rather than major savagery. Um, so uh, brutality and sorcery, that's your major damage buff, and major savagery is uh, is your major weapon crit buff. So getting rid of the crit buff and replacing them with your major damage buffs. I can see how that can be convenient for a lot of people. Uh, just a nice, easy way to, to to get those those buffs that you have to have. For me, on my Stamplar, I'm already getting major brutality from Rally, and I'm not planning to, to quit using Rally. Um, and it was very, very convenient that I got my crit buff from my spammable, and I didn't have to worry about fitting that in the build any other way. I had plenty of bar space to kind of do other stuff. 
now my my major crit buffs being taken away so i have to take another ability off my bar to put camo hunter in its place so that i have my, my crit buff uh, and it just kind of messes up my bar setup it's fine it's still a good build but it, it just it's just annoying i don't like it otherwise just uh, some minor fixes and adjustments for templar uh Warden, the fungal growth uh, ability, that's their main like class AoE burst heal, like the when they toss the mushrooms out there. Uh, increase the healing of the base ability by 12.5% to meet the, the AoE burst heal standards. Uh, still, still with the standards. After all this time, I'm surprised they haven't gotten everything uh, at this point. Um, and then bursting vines, that's that friendly gap closer ability where you, you gap close to an ally and it heals them at the same time. Uh, they've nerfed it 25% less healing because they basically say they want to make sure it's not stronger than Breath of Life is essentially what they said. Breath of, Breath of Life is just – it's like the – it's the original heal, right? That's – everything's measured It's the baseline. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good strong burst heal that everything else is, is compared to totally. Uh, Two-hander, Momentum, that's the base ability of Rally. Uh, So the base ability, like we said earlier, is now going to grant both uh, Major Sorcery and Brutality. So whether you're a Magicka or Stamina build, uh, you'll get the damage buff that you need. Uh, I can see like DKs and Templars in particular using that. I think that's going to be big. I I, I can tell you right now, my Mag DK, I'm going to use this. I'm going to set something up with where I use Rally on my Mag DK. And I think it's... It's going to be nice. It's, yeah. it's going to be really cool for your Magicka brawler type builds. Mm-hmm. One hand and shield, the power bash ability, that's like the spammable uh, for that skill line. Uh, they're they're changing it so that it's now considered actual bash damage and it functions like a bash. It'll interrupt casting targets and that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll also, uh, the damage will increase with bonuses to bash. Uh, and it will also trigger events that require you to deal bash damage. Um, the one thing that's left out is it does not inherit cost reduction bonuses to bash. Um, but it basically meets all the other conditions of bash. The devs say, in an effort to inject some life into a niche playstyle, we've significantly amped up the viability of bash builds by giving them a true spammable. Uh, they also say, we're aware of how much power is behind bash builds, so we'll keep a close eye on it. Seems like they contradict each other a little bit there. Yeah. My confusion with this is mostly with the dev comment. Uh, I don't have a bash build. I've never played one before, but my understanding from from what I've talked to people and what I've observed of other people playing with them and getting mowed down by them repeatedly, the whole thing that's strong about bash builds is that um, actual bash, real bash, uh, is not on the global cooldown. You can get three bashes in per second. Um, and so that that's what makes it so strong. You can stun someone, get three bashes in before they even break the CC. And if you have your bash damage amped up really, really high, then that's just a ton of damage. Whereas this power bash ability, it, sure, it's going to scale with bash damage and all of that, but it's a it's an active ability that goes on your skill bar, which means it has a one second cooldown. You can only You can only cast it once per second maximum. So I feel like if you're trying to make a bash build and that's what it's all about, it seems like this might not be something you would actually want to use. Now, 
Conversely, I could see this being a great option for just like a straight up brawler, like a Stam DK sword and shield. You just want to get in there and get in the mix and, and this could be a great spammable for you. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a bash build. It's just a, a brawler using this as a spammable. That's, that's the real application I see there. Yeah. But I don't really know anyone listening who knows a lot about bash builds, uh, scroll in podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Is this a good, is this something that a bash build is going to take advantage of? I feel like not, but. I don't really know. Maybe if they have their bash damage ramped up a whole bunch, like it's a, it's like a finisher, a bash finisher ability. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, it's it's interesting to me that they've they've had so much focus into bash builds lately. It's annoying to me because it's it's repeating a cycle that at this point I'm convinced is intentional, where they're <laughs> uh, they always introduce these specs where you are incentivized to invest into tankiness and to survivability. And in return, you're given a lot of damage, uh, right? Like, uh, Rothgar's chill was the last example and the proc meta before that with the, the 25% Malakath proc meta, yeah. everyone was Crimson twilight. Yeah. Everyone was as tanky as they could be, uh, stack, stack that health and that resistance as much as you can. And then just let the proc sets do the rest. Um, and they've repeatedly acknowledged that, okay, we realize that people don't like it when, when those kinds of builds are viable, but here we are again. It's obviously like part of the their cycle that <laughs> they, they plan. That's why I'm laughing is that they always apologize for it. They're always like, oh, we're sorry. We, we've caught our mistake on this. We, we, we've taken this away. We realize you don't like it. And then, like you said, then it's like. Oh, hey, <laughs> new patch. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> we wanted to give uh, these builds that are incentivized to spec into tankiness more damage because we know you guys like that. <laughs> Weird. So we're predicting three months from now. Hey, guys, we, we realized the power bash is not something you oh, want. Yeah. We're, we're going to make some changes. <laughs> it's part of the cycle. It, it's, it's all part of the plan. Um. So anyway, that's that. Dual wield. Uh, this is a small thing, but it's uh, it's a good thing, though. The hidden blade ability, uh, it grants major sorcery and brutality like all the others. Gives you both damage buffs. And the flying blade morph, um, that's the one where you have to hit somebody with it and then activate it again to teleport to them. And then that's when you get the damage buff. Freaking dumb. Uh, <laughs> they've changed it so you don't have to do that teleport anymore. You get the damage buff. On, on the initial cast so that's smart why was it ever not that way yeah <laughs> uh it's 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 already like kind of a niche ability i mean i feel like it probably has maybe some pve um capabilities but maybe yeah. uh, i feel like i've heard of some people that have the that do the aoe morph and and mm -hmm. make a pretty good aoe out of it but yeah i've used that the aoe version before and it, it like bounces around from target to target it can be pretty yeah. good that's dual wield uh, from the bow uh, bombard. This is a good change right here. Bombard's that AOE uh, kind of. It's the morph of arrow spray that uh, snares and immobilizes people. Um, it no longer snares. It still immobilizes, but no longer applies a snare. I think that's a very good thing. This has been uh, an overpowered ability for too long. Um, and if you have someone in a BG just spamming this thing on your team the entire time, it can really put a damper on things. Um, so the immobilize is all I've ever wanted out of this ability. Uh, I think having that snare was just a little bit too much. I've also always thought that this ability was uh, a little bit difficult to sustain, um, but they've given it a cost reduction as like 
compensation for removing that snare. So honestly, I think this is a fantastic change. It removed the thing that I think needed to be removed, and it solved the one pain point that I had with this ability. <laughs> Win-win. Yeah. Uh, Venom Arrow, this is the other morph of Poison Injection. Uh, it now grants Major Brutality and Sorcery for 10 seconds after casting. That's a, that's a brand new thing. So now you can get your major damage buff from within the bow skill line. Kind of neat. I mean, I think this seems cool. I think it's cool for bow builds. I mean, those bow builds out there now have this capability. The only kind of bummer I see in it is that now it's kind of taken the execute. If those bow builds are using poison addiction as their execute, uh, they kind of are losing that capability. Honestly, like um, the uh, the Venom Arrow is a lot more enticing because they're both strong dots. The only thing poison injection does is it uh, it has that execute damage as the, as the target uh, loses health. Uh, Venom Arrow is still a pretty strong dot, plus it can interrupt targets that are casting, and it gives you this damage buff, so it's a lot more enticing than it was before. You know, I was thinking about me and you on this. What's kind of a nice change for this on us is that we, really from you, you you kind of got me onto this, but, you know, we have a couple characters where we use the Master Bow on the back bar, and so um, this is only kind of uh, one extra thing if you do that back bar Master Bow, is that you're getting that weapon damage buff from the master bow ability and now you're also getting your damage buff so yeah and there's a lot of value in having a ranged interrupt as well like if you see someone trying to res somebody and you're far away you can you can interrupt them from far away you see a sorcerer doing a dark deal you can interrupt that there's a a lot of things you can do with that hey look who showed up dr professor made it after all welcome (laughs) welcome buddy glad Uh, to see you made it there he is he's a true goon after all Let's see, Resto Staff, uh, the Blessing of Protection, the the AOE Burst Heal, uh, they increased the cost and increased the healing done. Um, So the base ability and the Combat Prayer Morph have been increased by 36%, and then the Blessing of Restoration Morph uh, was given uh, an extra 12.5%. That morph already did more healing than the base ability, so um, that basically just puts both morphs, they're doing equal amounts of healing now. Um, so 30%, 36% buff to the base ability. I think that's a good thing. That is a much weaker heal than other burst heals. So I think it needed that. So I know that the combat prayer gives you the, the damage buff, but what does the, what does the other one do? I think it gives you resistance. I think it gives you like minor resolve. I want to say. Okay. So it's kind of a damage. It's kind of an offense defense. That kind of mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, that's basically it. That's all the the good stuff for for weapon changes. Um, they also made a change Ugh, to our. Let's let's talk about bad stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they made a change to our our good old friend, not real, not really our friend. Uh, Dark convergence. Uh, basically, we we said this was going to happen on the last episode, and this is just. It's happening. They fixed an issue uh, where Dark Convergence was failing to apply any of its damage bonuses based on additional targets hit. Um, so um, so it hasn't been doing that increased damage based on the number of targets that it hits uh, this this whole patch. And so they're fixing that now. It's, you know, it's still a super duper uh, popular set and it's just going to be even more popular once it's actually yeah. doing good damage. So not looking I've- forward to that. Have fun, Necros, or, or heck, even a Magplar. Get, make a Magplar, throw Ward Maiden on there, throw this on there, do the AoE version of Extended Ritual, just go around spamming that. Mm-hmm. You'd be fine. <laughs> You'd be fine. That's all you need to do. Um, 
And sadly, Russia Agony not mentioned at all in the patch notes. So uh, feel free to go ahead and do your Russia Agony and Dark Convergence build and just rack up the kills. Just put on a blindfold and rack up the kills. It'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, and uh, they didn't mention the Battlegrounds queue thing in the patch notes. I don't know if that'll just be a separate thing or what, but this next update is when the Battlegrounds queues are supposed to change, but it wasn't mentioned in the notes at all. So just, sure, just thought that was Surely weird. we're not going to have to wait like another five years or so. Maybe they'll forget. Maybe, here. <laughs> Maybe they'll forget. We're not going to have to. It's not, it's not like every five years we mention PvP. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not the calendar schedule of that. Let's talk about uh, a little bit of gear here. There's a couple of pieces of gear that I that I'd like to discuss. One is my good old friend Ring of the Wild Hunt. I kind of don't want to have this conversation because it makes You're me a little sad. Up with it. I'm breaking up. Breaking up with Wild. I'm breaking up with Wild Hunt guys, and I I think I probably suggest for most PvP builds if you're using Wild Hunt. Probably figure something else out to get that speed, and you're probably going to find a lot more value. Uh, if you think about it, while you're in combat, you get 15% movement speed. And if if you have two swift pieces on your jewelry, if they're gold jewels, uh, you have 14% movement speed. So, so basically, you can think of it as Wild Hunt is giving you the value of two jewelry traits. Whereas compared to, say, Gaze of Sithis, just the health alone is worth more than three jewelry traits. Plus you get uh, health recovery, plus you get resistance. So... Actually, most of my builds that were using Wild Hunt, uh, I've put Gaze of Sithis on them and and running uh, two or three Swift instead. Uh, I have more speed than I had before, better stats than I had before. It's just all around a better build. Um, so I hate to admit it, but I think Wild Hunt is maybe <laughs> one of the least valuable mythic items to put on a PvP build, even if you're all about speed. Here's here's the thing I'll say for Wild Hunt, and and just to be an argument here is that. It is still great for a poor man's version of getting speed on a character. <laughs> yeah, if you just want to put one uh, getting, thing and and that, that gives you some speed. Getting those swift traits is it's that's pricey. That's some pricey talk right there. So if you if you're a poor man like this this old Nord, it's still a nice easy way to get the speed on there. It's maybe not the best solution, but you know it's a it's a nice easy way to get that speed up. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's not it's not bad. Uh, it's just it's not as good as kind of I've thought it was in my mind when you really kind of get down to the value that it's offering. You can probably get the same speed that it's offering uh, while also having better stats. Uh, otherwise, if you can afford it or if you want to put the effort into it, uh, if you don't want to, yeah, sure, you can just slap on the ring and that's enough speed and it's going to be a good enough build. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to point that out to people uh, just because it was it was a bit of an eye opener for me as well. Yeah. Uh, another set that I want to talk about, and this is a much more positive conversation. Uh, this is a set that has <laughs> uh, flown under our radar big time. Uh, Wretched Vitality. It's a crafted set from um, from the Deadlands, so it's a it's a newer newer set. Uh, also, shout out to our good friend Uncle Sam for uh, for pointing the set out to me because. Uh, I think we had mentioned this on a previous episode when we saw it in the patch notes and we like totally wrote it off like, ah, oh, it's a sustain set. Forget that. We don't we don't care about yeah. sustain sets. But Sam kind of redirected my attention back to it. And he's like, no, this thing gives a ton of value. And especially going into this this next 
like hybrid meta that we're about to get into. I think this set is going to enable a lot of these like hybrid builds big time. I think a lot of people are going to start finding value in this set. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be a kind of the solution to a lot of a lot of the sustained problems we're going to be running into. And this is kind of I think this is going to start becoming my new Heartland Conqueror. I think you said it best the other day when we were talking. I think this is the new set that like all other sets have to beat out in order for me to justify using them, which is going to be hard mm-hmm. to do. I mean, this is even beating out Heartland for most of my builds as far as the the stat density that it's offering me. I could make adjustments everywhere else in my build to kind of compensate and basically by the end of it i have way better stats than i had before yeah yeah that makes makes a lot of sense so what the set does uh you get a line of magical recovery a line of stamina recovery a line of weapon and spell damage uh, and then the five piece while in combat when you apply a major buff or debuff to a target, you uh, you gain 260 Magicka and Stamina Recovery for 15 seconds. And also while in combat, if you apply a minor buff or debuff uh, to any target, you gain uh, 130 Magicka and Stamina Recovery for 15 seconds. So 260 plus 130, that's 390 total. If you count the 2 and 3 piece bonus, that's 519 Magicka and Stamina Recovery. Uh, that this set's giving you, which is uh, an absolute metric ton uh, of sustain. Yeah. And I was talking, I've been talking about my Stam Sork and about how I want to use Haunting Curse and Mage's Wrath. You know, he already uses Streak, Dark Deal, Critical Surge. Uh, so sustaining, you know, five five of my ten abilities are costing Magicka. Uh, sustaining that Magicka while also investing in the the stamina stuff that I need in that build this absolutely is the solution to that. This this solves the problem handily. Yeah. I mean, this is the, you know, we're talking about all this hybridization and this is the hybrid sustain. This is how you get This is it. Yeah, absolutely. Another good option is the Torque of Tonal Constancy, but I think this totally blows it out of the water. And the thing is, there is no cooldown on these procs. So the, the major buff or debuff uh, gives you 260 Magicka and Stamina Recovery. Uh, the minor buffer debuff gives you 130. They're both independent of each other. They can they, they can be procced simultaneously or independently. Neither one of them has a cooldown, which means anytime you meet that proc condition, it just refreshes itself over and over and over again. Um, there's a a few abilities that I came up with. I'm sure there's a lot more, but um, Stam Sork's armor buff, uh, Hurricane, it gives you your major armor buff plus minor expedition. So that meets both proc conditions right there. That one ability. Uh, the Warden's Armor Buff, same thing. It gives you your uh, Major Armor Buff and uh, Minor Protection. So that, that'll that proc both uh, both components as well. Rally gives you your Major Damage Buff and Minor Endurance. Uh, Race Against Time gives you Major Expedition and Minor Force. So that counts as well. Uh, Dragon Knight's Green Dragon Blood has a mix of Major and Minor Buffs in it as well. So those are all abilities that you can cast one yeah. time and it'll totally proc this set. Yeah. The big ones on that list for me are, I mean, obviously the Stam Sword because that makes a lot of sense, but but Rally and Race Against Time. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's almost that's almost something that I have on every stamina or magic build I have is, is either Rally or Race Against yeah. Time. So it, it, it you can almost make it work on any build. Basically, any any magic build. I mean, Race Against Time is a mandatory ability for any magic build. Yeah. Um, so basically every magic build can totally use this set. Uh, another great thing about this set is it's, um, it's back barable. So you, you can, you can proc it on your back bar, swap and have something different on your front bar and, and it retains that 
five piece bonus. Um, it's also very good as a double bar set as well, though. And then you, you can take advantage of that four piece um, weapon damage on the front bar as well. Uh, either way, it's great. But I think that's where a lot of its value comes from is you can have it on the back bar, have something different on the front bar and you're opening up, you're getting the benefits of both of those five piece sets and opening up a lot of other slots for other stuff to, to kind of fit in there. Um, Grizzly Khan said he's using Wretched Vitality and Stoons on his Werewolf. Yeah, that sounds like a totally solid setup. Absolutely. Nice. I feel like it's somehow you have to find a way to have a character have Wretched Vitality and uh, Heartland Conquer. That, that's got to be your build. That's just your favorite sets character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sadly, I, I actually feel like Wretched Vitality outclasses Heartland Conquer, and it's more likely just going to replace it on most of the builds that are using that. Um, I mean, I think I've already, I'm already planning to do that on my Magplar. So yeah, I think, I think that's where it's going. Um, so I have been using this set on my stamina sorcerer and it's kind of been the, the secret to his success or, or one of them anyway. Uh, and I, I just want to lead straight into this conversation about my stam sork. We're going to get into this right now. Uh, I cannot contain it anymore. <laughs> I am reaching unprecedented levels of stam sork hype over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Forget that Magblade main. You're a Stam Sork. No, Magblade out the window. Stam Sork, it's in. No, <laughs> I don't know. I still, I'm still loving the Magblade setup as well. But for the past two weeks, I have just been mainlining uh, Stam Sork. Uh, I, I got my rewards for the for the BG leaderboards and everything. You know, this, this dude is just. It, it's been unreal, man. Um, I'll just go ahead and say what the the gear is really quick, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll get into the details. Dr. Professor says he has the Michael Scott no gif. <laughs> uh, hey, Magblade's still great. I still love the Magblade. <laughs> so the gear setup is five pieces Briarheart, as always. It's a front bar only set using dual wield. I'm using that Wretched Vitality set on the back bar with an infused bow, uh, the Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, and three pieces Agility on the jewelry. So no more Torque Sork. The, tor- the Torque is out. It was a good build. You know, it was a good build while it lasted. It's devastating. Torque Sork is dead. It's dead. I think if, if you're using the Torque, check out this set instead and see where your stats end up. I think you'll be very pleased with what you what you find there. Um, the armor setup is three medium, three light, one heavy, which is kind of unusual for me, but I'm, I'm really liking it. Uh, three well-fitted, four divines, serpent mundus, uh, sugar skulls for the food, and tri-stat potions. Um, so that's the build. So basically the story is, the plan was, well, first of all, I got a, another shout-out to Uncle Sam. Sam has basically become my official build consultant. I basically run all my builds past <laughs> Sam. Like, if I have a build idea, I say, Sam, check out this build. And he's like, cool, I like it, except I would change this, 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 and this. And then it would be perfect. <laughs> And then I say, no, I don't want to do any of those things. And then within 24 hours, of course, I've, I've realized that, yes, I need to do all of those things that Sam said. And, and it's, a, it's a much, much better build. So thanks, Sam, for the, for the consultation. The idea was to get this build updated for the next patch. I wanted to head, kind of go ahead and get ahead of it. I knew that, you know, I wanted to use Haunting Curse. I want to use Endless Fury for sure. Um, and... I know the damage isn't going to be there just yet, but I can kind of go ahead, put the build together, start kind of getting into the groove with the character, get it, get a good fit, feel for the build. And then when the patch hits, boom, I'll have all this damage and, and the build will be good. So got the build put together, started queuing up for some BGs and 
just instantly started shredding, dude. I'm talking like 18 and 1, 20 and 0, just like ridiculous kill counts. The most success I have ever had on this character, uh, time after it's time insane. after time. It is absolute insanity. I, I think this might be like secretly the meta Stamsork build right now in today's patch. No, yeah. no, not even waiting for the update. And it's only going to get tremendously better. Tremendously better. Uh, so I kind of want to... Because it took me by surprise how well this thing has been performing. I was honestly expecting to, you know, maybe get some kills, but I'm really going to have to wait for the next patch for it to really be good. Uh, it's already amazing. And yeah, you're totally right. It's a, it's going to be like a literal god, uh, <laughs> the, the next update. <laughs> so I think to understand why it's been performing so well, I think the stat sheet really tells the tells the story there. And I'm just going to say this is the best stat sheet I've ever seen. I've never seen a stat sheet this good. Uh, so 29,000 health, 30,000 stamina, 19,000 magicka. That's with all points into stamina. Um, stamina recovery is 2,400. Magicka recovery is 1,500. 7,000 weapon damage, 44% crit, 7,000 penetration. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It's just, it's good at everything. Every single stat. Every is, stat is, is good. good. Plus, I have that Sithis Helm, so I have, I didn't write it down, but I have a very good stack of health recovery, uh, that extra resistance as well. I mean, just all the bases are covered. And, you know, 2,400 stamina recovery, I think a lot of people would say that's overkill, especially for a Stam Sork who has Dark Deal. You can always get stamina when you want. But when I already have 7,000 weapon damage, I mean, how much damage do you need? You know, like... If I can't if I can't get kills with seven thousand weapon damage, there's a problem. So if I can have seven thousand weapon damage, forty four percent crit, seven thousand penetration, and twenty four hundred stamina recovery, I'm gonna take that. You know, I'm gonna be happy with that. Uh, and that fifteen hundred magicka recovery. That my my magicka templar has fifteen hundred magicka recovery. Okay, <laughs> uh, he, he has the maelstrom resto as well, but still, I mean that's a that's a viable amount of magicka recovery for a magicka build, and this yeah. is on my stamsork. So sustaining haunting curse and mage's wrath along with streak, dark deal, critical surge, it's not a problem. The magicka is always there. I'm I'm never even thinking about it. It's always there. Uh, and the, the stamina, forget about it. The stamina is literally always there. Like, uh, and anytime the stamina starts to get low, guess what? Dark deal. It's back. <laughs> so like what I'm loving about this build is that it has all that power that I need, uh, uh, that I, that I really like having on him. And I never have to take my foot off the gas. I just I pedal to the metal, like this relentless, hyper aggressive play style all the time. And, and having haunting curse and mage's wrath on there. So here's the thing. You look at these stats and you say, like, okay, yeah, any build that has those stats are going to be performing really well. Um, but Haunting Curse and Mage's Wrath, or Endless Fury is the morph I'm using, those have been a major factor as well and like, why I'm able to get a lot of these kills and, and burst people down. And I've been really surprised at how well those specific abilities are already performing in the, in the live patch right now. And when I take another glance at my, st uh, at my stat sheet, I notice that alongside that 7,000 weapon damage I have... 5,800 spell damage. Now, that'll be totally irrelevant in the next patch, but just right here, right now, 5,800 spell damage is more than any of my Magicka characters yeah, have. That is extremely high Magicka damage. Extremely high. Like, most of my Magicka builds are sitting around like 4,500. You know, and that's that's a pretty good amount, I would say. Yeah. 5,800 spell damage. Haunting Curse and Mage's Wrath, already right now, they hit as hard as they do on my Magsork. Right now on this guy. <laughs> 
The only reason it's not more is because he doesn't have that stack of uh, max magicka to go to go behind it as well. But having all that that extra spell damage just kind of compensates for that, and it's hitting. I'm I'm not getting just as hard as I do on my on my mag sword. Um, so this is an absolutely viable build. Not just viable, maybe one of the best stam sword builds you can have, uh, at least in a battleground right now. And I've just been totally sleeping on it. Um, so. Yeah, I've been having extremely good success with that. Um, the reason my spell damage is so high, it's a total accident. I did not like knowingly invest in spell damage at all. It's just been happening by accident. They they changed the orc passives a while back so that it gives you both weapon and spell damage. Also set hybridization so that um, Briarheart set, all of the offensive stats that that's giving are, are both types. Uh, and also Critical Surge, or Class uh, Damage Buff, gives uh, both the Major Spell and Weapon Damage Buffs. Uh, so you're getting all these amplifiers from everywhere because of all this hybridization they've been doing you know, for the past year or so. So that just really took me by surprise, and that really is why the build is already performing so well. Um, again, that'll be totally irrelevant, because as soon as this uh, update happens, then those abilities are going to be scaling with my 7,000 Weapon Damage. Yeah. So it's just going to be so much more powerful, and it already is. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, this dude is just shredding match after match after match right now. So I'm really, really looking forward to the next patch with this dude. Seven K curse and fury is just I can't even I can't even contemplate it. I, I can't even put it in my head how hard that's going to hit. Man, the uh, the combo is really fun too. Uh, so I have a haunting curse on the back bar because uh, I, I I open with that, and if uh, my back bar is a is an infused bow with a weapon damage glyph. That's 452 weapon damage that I really want to be a part of my combo, right? So if I if I'm light attack weaving, I do a light attack weave uh, into a haunting curse on my back bar that gets that glyph procked. Um, that's just kind of a nice built-in way of making sure that glyph stays procked uh, as part of my my rotation without me really having to consciously think about it. So I like haunting curse on the back bar for that reason. So I do a Light Attack, Haunting Curse, Bar Swap, tag them with uh, that Endless Fury Execute. I streak into them to stun them, lay into them with my Spammable, which uh, I like to use Rapid Strikes. At that same time, Haunting Curse is going to pop, and that combined with your Spammable should put them down into Execute range, uh, which will cause Endless Fury to pop, and then you do a Spin to Win at that same time. So you're hitting them with two Executes simultaneously. Um, and at first I was like, I don't know if two executes, that seems redundant, but you know, if I was using anything other than endless fury, it wouldn't make sense. Right. But it has that, that four second delay. So you can combo it with other abilities. And if that other ability is also an execute, Mm. man, nobody survives. Nobody. If if you get into execute range and I hit you with my double execute, doesn't matter how tanky you are, dude, you're going down with 7,000 weapon damage behind it. Get out of here. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So it's it's really, really awesome. I think this is maybe, I don't know if I'm qualified to say it, but I think this might be the meta Stamsork build right here, right now <laughs> in today's patch and especially next patch. Yes. And yes. I've never really, I haven't really see, seen people running around with this setup. So I think people have just been like me. They've been kind of sleeping on it. And it's taken this, this upcoming update to kind of prompt me to put this build together to realize that it's actually really, really great right now. Yeah. So do we call it a stam sork or do we call it a hybrid sork? I've been calling it a stam sork. I don't know. Ha- I mean, literally, literally half of his abilities cost magicka. He has fifteen hundred magicka recovery, fifty eight hundred spell damage. I mean, how is that not a hybrid? 
I'm going to stick to my rule of whichever has higher recovery. This is a Stamsork. <laughs> yeah. And he plays like a Stamsork. He has that athleticism, that like really aggressive play style. I think that's really what it comes down to for me. I'm going to do a deep dive into this build in the future episode. We'll do like an official build spotlight and probably it's probably sometime after the patch goes live. Uh, definitely going to be digging deeper into this guy for sure. Um, and I'll put a link uh, in the description of the episode for anyone who wants to take a look at the UESP build uh, and get all those details there. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're interested in playing a Stamsork at all. I haven't been this excited about Stamsork, I don't think ever. And you know how much I've always loved Stamsork. Oh, yeah. So... Hey, welcome, Ben. Thanks for joining us, dude. So that's the only build I really wanted to talk about. Uh, if you have any questions about that, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. I'd be happy to answer them. I'm spreading the gospel of Stamsork. I'm like backing people into corners and being like, have you heard the word about Stamsork? Got like this crazy look in my eye. Handing like, out a brochure. Like, check out, this, <laughs> yeah. check out this brochure. Look at these stats. Look at these stats. <laughs> uh. Uh, what do you got for us, Davis? What, what build have you been playing with, man? I'm going to talk about good old Lord of Norths, you know, my, my Stam DK. Uh, probably my favorite character. Not my best character, but my favorite character um, in PvP sense. I have to uh -huh. be real specific there. Uh, but, you know, it, it's interesting with him because I feel like it wasn't even like that long ago. Just a couple episodes ago, I was talking about his build and his changes and how it was working out really well. And then I feel like I got a taste of kind of that next level, that next tier with my Stamcrow. And then I mm -hmm. went back to Lord of Nords and I was just immediately, nope, this is not, this is not good enough anymore. I need, I got a taste of that next level. Uh, and, and so I, I knew that I had to start making some changes again to his build. You know, part of that is probably also, I do feel like healing has kind of been on this like steady uh increase where healing is just kind of just growing and growing a little bit in in especially in the solo bgs uh in the solo queue but even more you know or even a little bit more in the group queue uh, i feel like that healing has kind of gotten a little bit more stronger and things like that so oh yeah totally um so i went back to lord nords you know and and the main issue was his tankiness was there but he just still wasn't hitting quite hard enough, which is why I made the changes last time is try to get him to hit harder. And then I kind of ran it, you know, I kind of ran into that same problem where in BG solo queue, group queue, you know, he kind of had that tankiness, but he wasn't hitting hard enough. And so he was, he was kind of lasting a long time and he was taking a lot, but eventually he was just getting finished off because he wasn't able to finish people off. And so kind of went back to the drawing board a little bit. Uh, honestly, not even a huge change. Um, the new build setup is is a uh, five-piece champion of the hist. He still has that set. Uh, and now it's front bar, Dagon's Dominion. Uh, he still has the Malakath ring, one-piece trainee, uh, and still the back bar, Vatishran Maul. Solid setup. Uh, yeah. And so the biggest change is basically I traded the dual-wield Black Rose uh, maces uh, for and, and Bloodspawn for the Dagon's Dominion, which... You know, just a reminder, that's uh, it's a, a massive damage buff to your AoE abilities. Uh, I think it's like 475. Um, my spammable is actually the Dragon Knight Noxious Breath. I'm really into AoE spammables right now, uh, just because, in, in my opinion, it's so much more helpful for your team in a BG 
if you've kind of got this brawler with this AoE spam blood that, that hits well, uh, you're just throwing so much damage into a group uh, that, you know, one, you're letting kind of your teammates pick out. You're throwing this damage into the groups. So you're kind of letting your teammates pick out who they kind of want to pick off based on the damage getting dealt out there. Mm-hmm. And you're throwing so much pressure on that enemy team. You know, they're having to do a whole lot more heals, spend a whole lot more resources, you know, uh, and they're, they're, their whole team's getting threatened instead of just one person getting threatened. So you're kind of hoping to have a Sork on the team with this dude, right? Oh, yeah. Like you, you get in there, throw out all that AOE pressure, and then we just pick them off. Exactly. And that Noxious Breath, man, you, you've, I mean, you've been in a couple BGs with me. He throws it out there, and it, it kind of starts knocking into health bars. And so it does, and uh, it applies fracture as well. Yep. And so it's it's worked out really well. He he still has the back bar Vatishram Maul, uh, and that 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 does have the powered trait. Um, and I have swapped. You know, we mentioned this earlier. I've swatched to the, swapped the to the Coagulate. And that has been, I mean, already, just right now, that's already been a great change. Uh, but with this upcoming patch, it's going to be amazing. I mean, it's it's about a 7K heal right now with the potential to be more based on how mis- much missing health I have. Uh, but it's almost going to double that tooltip. It's going to go from about a 7K heal to a 13K heal. Oh, boy. Uh, so, it, yeah. Not including so the 33% just, that it can get exactly. when you're low on health. Exactly. A 33% buff. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's that's only going to help with his tankiness. And so I've really enjoyed this change in, in the sense that he he still has his tankiness. He's still a really good kind of team player in the sense that he's a brawler. He very much leaps out there, gets in front can kind of take damage for the team and be that kind of front lines. Uh, But now he's actually, you know, throwing that debuff on an entire enemy team, throwing damage on the enemy team. And so he really kind of is this better team player, which is what what I'm all about with this build. And so it's actually worked out really well. Uh, And like I said, his stats still very, very good. He's, he's got 30 K health, 32 K stamina, 20 K magicka, you know, that 10 K, uh, tooltip noxious breath. Uh, I've started using the molten whip just for kind of, uh, if I do kind of come across and need some, uh, need that single focus kind of just extra burst, uh, I had an open spot in the toolbar for it. So, uh, that already in, in that doesn't get the, uh, the Dagon's dominion buff, but it still has a 12 K tooltip. Uh, and you know, with the ability of that, it basically doubles if you, if you have all the, uh, um, yeah, you get those three stacks of Molten Whip, and it's basically double damage. So it's 24k yes. tooltip, really, for how you use it. Exactly. And and I'm getting those stacks very easily because you get those stacks from the Noxus Breath. So Right. Uh, Every time. Yeah. That 12k tooltip, you know, doubled. You get to a 24k tooltip. Uh, it's kind of a, ne- a nice little extra burst if I need to kind of finish someone off. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the the build is really working out. And, and, that, and I've been really into, you know... If I'm in a front bar set, I'm looking for a high damage set that's going to benefit the specific abilities I'm using. And and really kind of what I, I modeled this build after is that my Stam Crow was working so well, I kind of was looking at what worked well for him. And that's kind of how I came up with this idea is that Dagon's Dominion, it's buffing the Noxious Breath. Uh, it's buffing, uh, my leap ability. It's, you know, it's bump, it's buffing my quick cloak ability. Uh, so, you know, and, and my spin to win is getting buffed. And so it's a high damage ability that only targets specific abilities, but I'm using all abilities that it's actually buffing on my front bar. So, 
Uh, it's worked nice. out really well. Yeah, we did a few matches last night with uh, with him, and uh, I was playing my Stamplar, old Betsy. The cl- that's a classic duo right there. Oh, yeah. It's an old and, school um, duo right there. You know, Betsy, of course, being a Stamplar with jabs, also has great AOE pressure. We were, we were mowing some fools down, man. It was a cl- classic duo. Always fun, those two. Oh, yeah. Public service announcement. If you're looking for a cool staff style, um, the Night Hollow staff style is the best in slot. Uh, prove best me wrong. Best in slot. Wow. Okay. All right. It's I'm going to check this out. It's the best staff style out there. It <laughs> actually looks It actually looks like a cool spear. Uh, and it's like nice and big and noticeable. You know, it's not, it's like not shorter than your character is. Uh, really, really cool staff. I like it a lot. I put it on my uh, on my mag blade, and it's cool. So, uh, just a quick PSA there. Not a lot, not a lot of really cool stabs. I don't think not a lot that I like anyway. But that's that's one of the good ones. Nice. So um, here's a surprise. We have an email this week, a real Oof. email, not just about sandwiches this time. Uh, is this a streak? I think we've got a streak going again. We got a streak, people. Oh boy! It is, it is a Stamsork episode. So <laughs> nice. So this is an email from Dutchy Wow. Dutchy says, first of all, love the show. Uh, the two of you are exceptional presenters. Every episode is highly polished and an absolute treat to listen to. Wow, thanks to wow. you. I will take that credit for all the work you do, Ket. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. Making me sound good. <laughs> Dutchy goes on to say, I appreciate the deep dives you make into builds. Sharing the purpose and numbers behind your ideas is very helpful. Uh, beyond that, I'm a big fan of your look at the BG, Imperial City, and Cyrodiil metas. It's always interesting to hear the state and health of PvP. I consider those segments to be a fantastic way for me to keep up with what's going on in the game. Thanks again for the countless hours of entertainment and education, Dutchy Wow. Wow, Thanks wow, so much, indeed. Dutchie. Man, that's so nice. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That is uh, so very encouraging. Uh, I appreciate that very much, dude. And that's exactly what we go for, you know. I kind of think of this podcast in a lot of ways as, as us kind of documenting our own learning process of just how to be good at this game, you know, and like yeah. we find out new ideas like, oh, I actually found out that this food is better to use than this food or whatever. You know, we just kind of come up with these little tips along the way and we share them with people and and that's the way we do it. Um, so thanks again, Dutchy. Wow. Wow. Um, Write us, write us some kind words anytime you feel like it. You know, uh, <laughs> we'll, right we will ahead. take those anytime. Yeah. Anytime anybody wants to write us kind words, <laughs> we're all about it. If you would like to send us uh, an email, you can send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can ask us any questions, make any suggestions, really anything you want, as long as you are polite. Scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Another quick shout out once again to Uncle Sam and CPU Scientist. Really, both of those guys have been my my build consultants here lately. Uh, I always uh, I've kind of been coming up with build ideas, and then I kind of run them past them, and we sort of bounce back and forth a bunch of ideas. And like an hour later, we have like an amazing build between the three of us figured out. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun just kind of actively theory crafting with those two, and kind of putting three minds together and coming up with some cool stuff. Uh, so shout out to Uncle Sam CPU. Thanks, guys. We got to throw some extra shout outs in there. Shout out Grizzly Khan. I'm so sorry. I always forget the 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 chat. My bad, guys. Shout out to Grizzly Khan, Dr. Professor, and Ben shout is awesome. Ben. Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here while we record. It really adds a lot to the show, and I appreciate the support and the friendship. Thank you very much, guys. Anything else, Davis? Any other shout outs? I think we got it covered. 
We have a guild. It is called Stoons Goons. It is the best named guild on PCNA. For sure. Uh, if you, <laughs> for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, it is also the official guild of the Scrollin' Podcast. If you would like to be a member of Stoons Goons, send us an email at scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up in-game on PCNA. I'm at Cat Sparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. Hit us up and we'll get you an invite. If your guild roster is totally full and you don't want to drop any uh, guilds, that's totally fine. We can get you in our Discord. That's really where the action's at anyway. Most of our conversations and, and shenanigans take place in the Discord. Uh, again, that's just scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. Um, and I think that's it. Davis, did you have anything else before we go? I think that's everything. We okay. made it through the pronunciation episode. Yeah, the pronunciation episode. <laughs> there were some tricky words in this one, man. It was tough. I feel like the early the early on threw me off to where I just couldn't even pronounce regular words at the end of it. Yeah, it's just like that part of your brain broke and, uh, and <laughs> just didn't work anymore. I understand. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next time. is involved all of it with that that's actually i've heard that's the only way to get that actual color of hair is that you have to get cocaine involved i'm pretty sure that's right i read that in a cosmo one time